Hi, I'm Thomas Lincoln. Hi, everyone. I'm Carmelyn McCracken. I'm Mike Browning, sound engineer. Welcome to More to My Story podcast. Uh, this idea got started over dinner with some friends, and Carmelyn and I were talking about how we love to listen to podcasts and how we know so many interesting people, but we don't know their story. It's been fabulous because we have sat with different people here in our church for years and years and we all think oh yeah we know so and so we know so and so but when thomas came up with this idea of let's sit down and have a conversation to really learn more about everyone that's where this podcast was formed and so we have had so much fun learning more to each person's story and we think you will too Stephen Jones. Stephen's a friend of mine. Um, I, I know of him. I knew kind of what his background was, and we've spent some time together. Sitting and talking with Stephen was, was a really incredible time for me and his love for music, but then how he's just a loving and giving person. What really touched me was when we did the background information, and he gave us a couple of references. One of them was a former student who's actually a band director now. And the things that that was said about Stephen, I think, is just so true to who he is. Again, a, a person who you meet him, you're getting the Stephen regardless of of the situation. Oh, he is a teddy bear, and really, he is a a music maestro and. He, his presence in the music community here in Texas and all of, um, what was the group he did in the summer? The uh, Bugle and Drum Corps. He was in those and and that's a, a, a very cool story. Absolutely. So hearing more about that and then learning his different places that he's been part of the music and the band uh, directing in the schools. He is, again, I just, I just love him and his story and all the music. It was good. I like his nickname, Tower. Because <laughs> you don't know what it's about. He's tall, but you don't know why it's Tower. And then he tells about it in the podcast, yes. which is kind of cool. Hey, Stephen. We're so excited to have you here today on More to My Story podcast. It's a pleasure. So thanks pleasure. for joining us. Pleasure to be here. Uh, Thomas and Mike, our sound engineer, are going to um, we're going to have a good time today. So let's go ahead and get started. Why don't you... Um, Tell us a little bit about where you're from, and um, we'll start with that. Okay. Um, I was born in Austin, Texas at Berkstrom Air Force Base. My dad retired from the Air Force there in Austin and uh, uh, started working at a power plant there, working at the power plant. And my mom worked for the Attorney General, and so I grew up in Austin. And uh, So was your dad already retired by the time you were born? Yes, he had retired from the military by that time and was already working uh, for the city. Okay, and are you an only child? Um, I have two older brothers, but both of them are half-brothers. Oh, okay. So one of them we share dad and the other one we share mom. Oh, okay, okay, very good. So in Austin, how old were you? Did you um, go through school starting through Austin? Mm, Yes, I went to a private um, school, Greater Mount Zion uh, like pre- preparatory school, and then started in the all uh, in the Austin uh, school district, and uh, was till fifth grade, and then uh, jobs relocated for my mom 
And so I, the parents separated. And so we went with mom to uh, College Station because her job sent her there. So. Okay, and that was you and one of your brothers. Actually, no, no. Oh. My uh, um, one of my brothers, I very rarely see. I haven't actually seen him since my dad's funeral. And then my other brother is kind of was kind of unique. It's he is he was adopted by my mom's dad. So oh. he became, t- by law, he's technically my uncle. Oh, that's <laughs> interesting. But he's, but he's, but yeah, he. So he lived with my my grandfather, and then I grew up with mom. So okay. it was just you and mom and just college me and state. just me and mom and college. And, and you were there, what say, sixth grade, seventh grade? Yeah, sixth uh, sixth grade through high school because I, uh, well, we lived in Bryan for a little bit, but yeah, so all from then on. So what was it like growing up? in the college station area you and your mom oh it was uh it was really great because when i before that time i was living in austin and i thought austin was the best place on the planet and i loved the university of texas and i wanted to be you know that was what i wanted to do is i'm going to grow up and live in austin and then to go to the polar opposite in college station where it's like really conservative and uh it was really it was really eye-opening but if I could pick now, I probably would stick with College Station because it was just, it's changed a lot since when I was there too, but it was just really nice. It was, it, I had a really good group of friends and it was a good time. It was a good time to grow up there. Yes. So did you, extracurricular activities, did you play sports? Uh, I played, <laughs> I played baseball for a couple of years and uh, I was, I would spend time in the outfield. I started off as a catcher, and I didn't like to squat down. And that got hard on my knees. So then they put me in the outfield, and my mom would get get mad at me because I would be watching the other game because there would (laughs) be another game. And so I'm watching another game. So she was like, I don't know if you want to do this anymore. Do you really want to do it? And I was like, no, I want to do scouts. So I started doing scouts. gave up baseball for scouts and did football for a couple of years. in sixth and well, no seventh and eighth grade for a little bit, and, uh, and then my, my the brother that lives with my grandfather he uh, injured he got seriously injured playing football and oh. I was like yeah we're kind of done how that, funny yeah I was like mm, I don't want to do that anymore <laughs> so, so were you tall at, when did you because you have quite height so yeah, I've kind of always been I've always been the second tallest person in like when I go to school there was always. How someone that funny. was one person that was taller than me, but usually I'm always looking down and yes. looking at people. So it, yeah, and it was always a girl, which was odd. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> it was always a girl. So we know you're into music, and, yeah. and your career is in music. So when did music become a part of your life, and how did you get started in that? Um, I started off in the sixth. Well, actually, it started in the fifth grade because in College Station, they didn't have um, beginning band in the fifth grade. So you could do um, orchestra. So I started off as a string bass player and really enjoyed it, but it was such a big instrument and thought, no, I don't want to do this. And so then the next year, band came around. My brother was in band, and he had played his trombone, and I thought, ooh, I want to play French horn. And uh, I got there, and 
tried out for French horn and it was like, uh, Mr. Jones, your, your face really isn't designed for French horn, which is just a nice way of saying you need thinner lips. So <laughs> That's funny. You know, even to this day, when like the kids in uh, middle school go, they have to try out for different horn or yeah. different music. And Maddie wanted to do flute or clarinet. And she and tried the French horn and they're like, perfect. She's a natural, yeah. <laughs> she's got, of course, by the end of six years in band, she's got like Kylie Jenner lips. <laughs> like, from, uh, yeah, yeah, from yeah. And that's what I wanted to do. I thought, be- I thought French horn was just beautiful. Yes. And, um, but my brother had played trombone, so I got his hand-me-down trombone. So there I am playing trombone. And actually, I started growing to like it. And then... Uh, from then on, it was just like, wow, yeah, here we are. And then the seventh grade came, and they, you know, it just snowballed. And by the time I got to high school, I was in love with it. So going back to scouts, how far along did you go in scouts? Oh God, not very far at all. I got, I know I got my, I think Weeblo was as far as I went, and I was like, I can't believe I didn't go on because my son Andrew was, he's like way further than I ever got. But yeah, I did like Bobcat, Wolf, Bear. And then I got to Weeblows, and then I was like, yeah, I'm kind of done. I won my Pinewood Derby, though. That was cool. Hey, <laughs> nice. And he won his, which I was like, yeah, oh, we got to keep that's that, fun. Keep that little that's tradition fun. going. That's fun. How much older was your brother? Because you got his hand-me-down and trombone, and yeah. you followed his fo- football. Mm-hmm. So was he just a few years older? He's five years older. Okay. He's five years yeah. older. And then the other brother is a few years older than he is. Gotcha. But yeah, he's five years older. But by the time we were just speaking about this the other day, when we had a little get together for my mom's 80th birthday, and um, he was telling the story how um, his wife, his wife that he is married to, they've been together since they were in junior high. They were they dated for they were they thought they were in love, and then they got to high school, and so they've been together forever. Well, anyway, the last few years of him being in band, the only reason he was there because she was there and so he was like I was just sitting there in band I wasn't really doing anything and it's like for an entire nine weeks he kind of just faked playing because he lost his mouthpiece (laughs) and he just sat there faking because he's like I get to sit with at least I get to see her you know so so you know the director finally called him to play something one day and he's like "Ah, I can't I don't have a mouthpiece (laughs) for nine weeks for nine weeks and so anyway he was like I'm gonna quit and I was like wow so oh, that's, that's how I got your horns. You... <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Oh, that's so. funny. So when you were playing in middle school, um, is it similar to how our, our schools here are now? It's it's a pretty yeah, it was really, um, active group. Yeah, it was real active. And we would go and um, we'd prepare like songs to go play at um, other schools. And we had our like Christmas concerts. We had our solo and ensemble events. Um uh, it, it was uh, in the Austin School District back then. It was um, they were pretty good. I mean, like every you know, I, I, I never really paid attention to how other kids and other places were, but it seemed like we were all the same, mm-hmm. you know. And now it's kind of a different thing. You have some school districts where they have kind of a powerhouse program, and then some right. that are just like, ah, oh, whatever. And it was um, it was a good time to be in Austin because there were a lot of really great schools out there then. So. What was it like in College Station? When you got to College Station, did you notice any difference? I noticed, as far as band is concerned, uh, the Bryant, because when we were living in Bryant for the few years that we were there, uh, they were pretty good. And um, But when I got to A&M Consolidated in, in College Station, um, they were a really... Um, that's 
where I became like, band is more than just playing my horn. Band was like, we were kind of like a family. Mm-hmm. Like, like Mr. Uh, Mr. Idelberg, my band director back then, he was just a great, I mean, he was super awesome. And Cindy Michael was there and um, it was, you know, he was like my second dad. Yes. I mean, like I got emotional my senior year when I was like going in to say goodbye for him the last time. And I was like, oh my God, you know, this is, you know, it was rough. It was rough. But that's going there to College Station was, it was uh, the catalyst to me becoming like a real true lover of music. I enjoyed playing, but that's when I realized this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. That and, and so that led into college. College, yeah. And, and you had and, mentioned in uh, some of your your pre um, information here that you got a scholarship to Sam Houston State University. A yeah. full scholarship. Yeah, full scholarship, yeah. yeah. Um, and you were, you were encouraged to go there mm-hmm. by, by, by my band director, Carl Eidelberg, yeah. because he had attended school there. And um, so he was like, you should just go do it. And so I, uh, so I went and did it. And uh, But then on top of that, he would also host uh, the Brazos Valley Symphony Orchestra. They would use our band hall as a rehearsal area. And so he would encourage me to sit after school and just sit there and listen to them rehearse, you know, and I would I would practice after school and then they would call, come in and I'd sit there and watch it. And these are like, you know, band directors and some professional players or, you know, and just some people who just love to play. And they would all sit in our band hall and they would rehearse. And uh, uh, Franz Krager, who is the who's now the director of the orchestra at Rice, I believe. Wow. But um he would sit, I would you know, watch him, and then the next thing I know, they had a, uh, a, the bass trombone player was out for something. He had, he had some health issue, and he was out. And so Dr. Howie said, Steve, you want to play? And I was like, yeah. While you were in high school. Still in high school, yeah. So yeah. I'm sitting there, like, I'm playing with these really, really oh, just phenomenal players, awesome. and I was like, oh, this is awesome. So when you knew that music was your thing, are, are you saying that, that you knew you wanted to go and become a director with music, or did you just know that you wanted to continue studying music or playing music? Like, what were you thinking in high school as far as your your career or whatnot it started off as just wanting to play i knew i wanted to go study music but i didn't know what i wanted to do because i thought i wanted to become a professional musician like i thought i was going to go and be a professional player right. and become like a you know performance major and mm-hmm. all this and um but the when i got to school and um i would have professors I can't remember which professor told me this, but then I remember also friends saying this as well, that were performance majors saying, I'm going to go play. And then then it just kind of, you know, they would say, well, maybe maybe performance is not for me or maybe it's like it's really, really hard and this and that. And then I had friends that were all doing the education side of it and they were saying, well, you know, Steve, you can always play and go get go teach but still play but it's if you get a performance degree you can't go teach right and so i thought oh wow and that was like that kind of hit me that kind of hit me kind of hard because i thought well i know i want to play um but i don't know if this i don't know and so anyway i started having these you do when you're playing and you'll have these moments where it's just like super emotional moments when you play and i would go oh my gosh because i i I had one of those back in high school at the very end of the year we were playing a piece called the planets and we were playing a song called jupiter and um we got the 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 chorale section of it and 
it, I can even remember the exact chord. I was playing a D flat on my bass trombone. <laughs> and I tell this to my students when I was teaching at high school. And, uh, but anyway, I, we got to that chord and I was just like, oh, this is what I want to do. Wow. That's when I realized I want to go play my horn. For, because yeah. my senior year, um, I don't feel like a lot of people other than my band director was saying, you need to go, you need to go do this. You need to go do that. It was just like, what are you going to do? I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. But we and we had that performance, and I thought, this is it. This is what I want to play. I want to play my horn now. Ah, okay. that gave me that, goosebumps. That, that is awesome. that's that's a great gift yeah. that that was given to you to be able to recognize at an early age yeah. what you felt like you were meant to do, oh. and then to be able to turn that into a career like you have. Yeah. Um, I've never had that moment. Oh, so it was awesome. I mean, it's and when you were talking, you were saying you have those emotional moments when you play. Mm. I'm not musical at all. Mm. Uh, I, I was fortunate to marry Pam, who has music talent, French and, horn, and, yeah, and, and yeah. that. So as you know, and and so I kind of lean on her for some of that. But you know, when you, until you said that about what happened when you were playing that. You knew the specific note of the song. Yeah. I mean, you probably have it playing in your head like a, right like now. a movie. You know? <laughs> that is that is really a cool thing. And, yeah. and it's special coming from somebody who hasn't had that. It hasn't yeah. had the opportunity to go through that in their life. Mm-hmm. And not everybody does. Yeah. But at, to be able to be in high school and go, this is, this is where I'm going. This is yeah. what I'm going to do. That was it. So were you at any point... I guess with your band director being almost like a, like you said, like a father figure mm-hmm. as well, um, and and he went to um, Sam Houston, mm-hmm. but here you are in College Station. You used to live in Austin, so did you not even? So you were like, you know what? Not UT, not A and M, going to Sam Houston. Yeah. So was that the only place you applied then? No, I actually um, wanted to. He was really at first saying you should come to Sam, you should go to Sam, you should go to Sam, and but. He was a phenomenal jazz band instructor, Ooh. and so we would. I was playing in the jazz band, and uh, we we were really good. I mean, we were really good. In fact, I just um, like in the last six weeks, uh, I sent a. Uh, sent something out. I was listening to something Count Basie, and oh, really? I sent it to some friends that were in co- in high school, and s- said, "Hey guys, you remember this song and everything?" And then young, there's a guy that I was in school with named Cody Kane who lives up in Dallas. And Cody goes, "I still have all the originals of those. Do you want to send them? To, um, you want me to send them to you?" And I was like, oh, "Yeah." And so he says, "You have a Dropbox?" And I was like, "Yeah." So I have oh, all. I have eighty six. I was I started high school in eighty four, but from eighty six, all the years I was in jazz band and all the performances. I mean everything. Even when we would go and play oh. at Central Park and just everything. And I'm just and I, I let my jazz band listen to it now my junior highs and listen to they listen to it and they're like, is that a professional group? I was like, no, but we were really good, right? And they're I was like, gonna say so because sometimes you're like, oh, we we're really good, and then you listen to it later, you're like, well, yeah, that's not really so bad. bad. Yeah, yeah. Usually, and that's the way it is. Usually, exactly. you hear it, and you're like, it's never as good or as bad as you thought, right? And but the, when I listen to those recordings, I'm just like, wow, we were. That's what really you know, cool it was really cool so um but i was going to i was going to go to this uh sam houston as well what really happened is that i was going i thought i wanted to go to north texas oh i'm because north texas jazz lab you know the lab yes. bands there are just ridiculous yes. and so i was going to go and audition for that and um i got accepted to the school of the school but 
for some reason I didn't get accepted to the school of music, but they were like, well, you can come up to the school and kind of start getting some stuff out of the way. And I was like, uh, uh, I don't know if I want to do that. And so I thought, okay, well, where else do I want to go? So I thought, well, I'm going to apply at um, Texas Tech because I thought Texas Tech would be a great school. Yeah. And so I was going to, I did that. And um, I never heard back from Texas Tech. So I Wait, thought, you never heard one way or another? No. Your mom's probably like, oh, that's too far. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, rip, rip. That, that's probably a very true statement. Um, <laughs> So, so the, you know, the Texas Tech didn't think thing didn't happen, and uh, and then Sam Houston, uh, I guess Mr. Idelberg heard about all this, and he was, you know, next thing I know, he was like, hey, you know what? I talked to Dr. Howie. I scheduled you for a weekend where you can go and go audition for him. And so there I am sitting in, you know, Dr. Howie's office, and he's having me play, and then he has me sight read some stuff, and then he's kind of doing some theory things with me. And the next thing, he's like, okay, thanks, we're all, we're good, and you'll hear from us soon. And about a week later, I got this letter saying, hey, come come to Sam Houston, and I was like, okay. And I showed my mom, and she's like, oh yeah, that's that's great, yeah. How far away is that? And I was like. Yeah. Not that far. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good school. You should go. Oh, that is great. Oh, my goodness. So in the middle of your college, yeah. it sounds like you, in the summers, you applied to and performed, got accepted mm -hmm. to two different drum and bugle corps. Oh, yeah. And the first one was Sky Riders. Mm -hmm. And, and there uh, you played with them for a summer. Mm -hmm. And they were uh, nationally recognized. Oh, yeah. Uh, world recognized. We were twelfth in. Well, before I got there, they were twelfth in the world. But then the year I got there, they they got fourteenth, and so we were <laughs> devastated because we were like, we always make we always make finals every year, and then that year we were sitting there watching finals, and I was just like, I just want to get on the bus and go home. Uh, <laughs> I was like, we're the reason we're not good. We were really good. It was just it was we bit too much off. We were playing this really really challenging program, and then about two years later, you. Then applied and were accepted in the Phantom the Regiment. Regiment Drum and Bugle Corps, and I, I did a little research on them. Oh yeah, and they've, they've been around since 1955, mm -hmm. and they are from I think that said 1974 to now. They were no less than 12th in the nation, mm -hmm. very well respected. Every, every and year. Um, so, talk a little bit about those summers. I mean, what was it like to be in a Drum and, and Bugle Corps? I mean, were you traveling? Yeah. What was it? It was like, um, I guess as far as being like a band nerd, it's the closest to being like a rock and roll star. Because like you get up in the morning, um, you have breakfast, take your showers and all that. And then you're on the rehearsal field until lunch. And then you eat lunch. And then you're back on the rehearsal field until like five, six. And then you come in and you get your unit. You may you get you get everything all together. And you clean your instrument, make sure everything's all in working order. Um, and then we'll have dinner. And then we go and get dressed. And uh, we were, and they had a uniform that we all wore. And um, we would travel to the uh, the contest site and warm up and. We would do our marching show, and then depending on how well we did that night, you would have a retreat. And so you got to, uh, if you were the winner of that particular show, you kind of got to do your show again, or you kind of got to do whatever it is you want to do. And, you know, sometimes we would do our show again, depending on if we traveled, like if we were traveling from one place to the next that was far, um, we might just play one of our songs and then load up and go. Or we, they'd say, okay, hey, they re we did really well. We improved our, and in the drum corps world, improving like um, one 
night to the next is like so incremental. It's yes. like, oh, we got better by two tenths of a point. Everybody celebrate. Woo, you know. <laughs> and then, you know, and then there'd be nights where we would go down and score. And so we we're like, okay, we need to work on this and this and this. And, you know, and we'd talk about that the next morning and all that. So you would have competition night after oh, yeah. night after night. Night after night. Uh, and, yeah. and, but you're going all over. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, we did a Midwest. We call, we, they called it a Midwest swing where we went, started off uh, in Ohio and then traveled all the way up into Bristol, Rhode Island and then oh, traveled all the way down to uh, Atlanta, Georgia and just like all just kind of hitting different cities throughout the states. Wow. And then we ha- we got the end of our show, end of our season, we finished in Dallas, Texas. But our, one of the last big regionals was uh, in uh, Louisiana. I, wanna, I think it was at Natchitoches, Louisiana. And, and so, excuse me. So we had, um, you know, you had a show almost every night. Oh, every goodness. every once in a while, you would get a day off. Like every, gosh, maybe 10 to 15 days, you got a day off. That's something. How many so, of you were there in the Corps? There was about... 120 to 130, 140. And you did trombone? No, because okay. back then they didn't have, uh, now they do have trombones and things of that nature, but back then all they had were bugles. Well, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. So it was a bugle. And they were all two valve bugles. So everything wow. was, you pushed this, you pushed one button down and you got this overtone series of notes and you pushed another thing, you got another set of overtones, you pushed them both down, you got another set. And so, so the entire core were all bugles, all bugles. Yeah. And we even had, um, you had sopranos, which is like the equivalent to trumpet. Mm-hmm. Then you had your French horns and you had baritones and you had the tubas mm-hmm. and you have a, and so you have baritones and euphoniums and then you have sopranos and mid range and then French horns. Okay. And so it's like this brass massive brass and percussion ensemble and you're marching and playing like you oh, would yeah. like what i would know as like a halftime yeah. show oh yeah and with that routine what you would march and what you'd play was that changing yeah every day every day was a different piece of music no 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 i'm sorry the music didn't change but they would change like where you were going on the field yeah, every if some, day if something wasn't working they would change something everything because that is a yes yeah, constant you were constant you had this um a little notepad yeah, and that's before. you and you had yeah you had this you had to carry this notepad on a string and you had a little pencil and every day you were constantly like reviewing to make sure you went okay I go from this spot to that spot for this part of the song okay and then I do this yes. and I do some kind of pose or whatever and then we play <laughs> you know <laughs> so um, how stressful was that I, I I'm thinking you know you're probably in your late teens early twenties yeah because once you're twenty one you're not allowed to do it anymore after twenty one okay. you age out. And so that was my last year. So I was 20. And it wasn't stressful. It really wasn't that stressful because it was like everybody there were common minded and we all had a goal and we were all like, we all love music. And most of those people were music majors. And we even had people who like would play for play with us that weren't brass players like we had these three girls from Oklahoma and they were like, we're clarinet players, but we want to be in the core. And so they were they would try out and sometimes they'd make it sometimes they'd not but this particular situation they needed they were such strong marchers that they were like you know what don't play just march because you look so good marching (laughs) we're gonna you know put you in the spots so that was one of the things i read about is that it used to be all men and then the Uh women were were like a drill team Mm -hmm. 
and then they went co-ed after yeah. a while. Yeah, there's um, still a couple of them that are just all been. There's one in Rosemont, uh, Illinois, the Cavaliers, and then the Madison Scouts in Wisconsin. They're still they're all male, and then they have one called Lon Salit in Canada that's all women. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So you, you do this, and one of the things you said is that it really taught you what it was like to be a professional, which you've mm-hmm. kind of expanded on is mm-hmm. the day-in, day-out routine. Absolutely. The expectation, you know, <laughs> probably yeah. eight hours of practice. Oh, easy. You know, yeah. and then performing. And, easy. you know, I would, I would think that at a certain level that would get um, – you would you would almost be like you know this is this is I gotta I gotta get through today because it's yeah. I, I'm ready for a break and I might not have one for yeah. two three days four oh, days, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you also describe it as a wonderful experience. Oh god, yeah. yeah. Why? What was the part that that you look back the most fondest on? Uh, in my drum corps years, the I think that the. The camaraderie that you build and the family community that you kind of knit while being in those groups and just the the professionalism that it's run with because you're you know we would have john whitwell from the Mich- you know michigan state university would come down and work with us on like particular sorts of parts of our songs or we would have um you know, just these miraculous people from New York that would come in and say, okay, we're going to do this visually, or we're going to do this with the music, or we're going to, you know, and you, you were constantly around just like these incredible professionals. And um, so there's, I don't think there's one particular thing that I feel like was outstanding compared to the others. Even my last show, because one of the things that they do when, when you age out, you leave things that are important, something important to you, and then you leave um, your shoes. Oh. So you leave your marching shoes on the field, and then you leave something important. And the, the, the thing I left that was, I didn't have a lot of things with me, because you know you only you pack light, and mm-hmm. you, you're washing clothes like once every week and a half or two. And uh, so I left like this little stuffed penguin that I had from when I was a little kid because it was something my dad gave me. And so I was like, OK, I'm going to leave that. And I left, left him in my shoes and that was it. And even that wasn't like I didn't get emotional about it as I did when I realized I want to be a musician. You know, yes. it was funny. it was weird. You know, yeah. so but it was a, it was a good ex- it was an incredible experience. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I even like marched in moments where we were where I had like injury. I would march. I remember one t- particular time I had an uh, I had tendonitis. I can't remember which knee, but anyway, I was telling the the my section. I don't know if I'm going to be able to march tonight. And they were like, well, "Why not?" And, well, my knee hurts really bad. And they were like, "Okay, wait here." And so I'm sitting there. And the next thing I know, the color guard girls are coming over, and they're like, "Here, take this." And I was like, what is this, like an Advil? Or, I mean, well, like, not Advil, but like, what is it? And they wouldn't tell me, they wouldn't tell me. And if I found out later on it was a Midol. I was going to say Pamperin. <laughs> no, no, you know, it was, no, that's what it was. A, it, was a, it was a Pamperin, yeah. It was like a, something for cramps. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I just remember like getting on the field and thinking, my knee, I, I couldn't, I, I was thinking, my knee, I hope this doesn't, you know, think nothing goes wrong. Because we had had, and when I was in the Skyriders, um, that we had a guy that was marching and he slipped and fell and, and broke his leg. Oh. And so, and the show, and w- what blew me away is that the show didn't stop. They just kept marching and yes. then the staff went and like got this kid off the field. And I thought, oh my, 
if I, this kid broke his leg and we're still marching and we, and we finished the show and then we all go, go to him and like checked on him and everything. And we're like, why didn't we stop, you know? And it, there's so many moments like that. We had a moment where we were playing, we were about to start the show and the, the staff is in the, in the crowd and they're doing things to try and lighten the mood because we're all so serious and we want to do well. And uh, I just remember everything going black. The lights went out and we were, we were thinking... And then the drum major started counting off, and we were like, okay, I guess we're going. We marched the entire show in the dark, and it was, oh and it was black. Gosh. And I was like, we're going to totally run into each other. And, and it was perfect. It was, like a, it was a great show. Oh. We never got to see it because, obviously, they, didn't, you know, they couldn't film, film dark. It. Oh, that's but funny. It was funny. It's funny how that kind of stuff works out. But it was, there's a million different little stories about how um, that was probably one of my more memorable things parts of my life did you uh to this day do you still have a lot of close friendships from because that i imagine was some intense community building oh yeah so yeah. do you still keep up with quite a few of them oh, over yeah. the years absolutely i was on yeah. i was on facebook the other day and i was making a comment about the band king's x and uh, one of the guys in that group his name is rich culp and he goes you like you like king's x too and i was like yeah i used to listen to them when i was in high school he's like they're my favorite band since 1990 and i was <laughs> like i was like oh my gosh that's awesome so i like you know we, yeah. all of a sudden we start talking and um yeah every year they get together and have a reunion because there's world championships every year mm -hmm. and so they all get together and i haven't gone back yet but they they all um they all get together in shows, you know, have big, huge reunions every oh, year. That's fine. That'd probably be something that'd be good to take Tammy and Andrew it to. It would be good. It would be good. Yeah, that, you know. that'd be something fun. I, I, I want to break off onto another topic. Just no yet. problem. I'm going to stay in the music and go into your career. So Wait, okay. no. Hold on. We're going to stay in the college and tell me how you met your lovely wife. I was going to come back to that. <laughs> well, no, we're in college now. So uh, tell, tell us now, how um, did you... Um, that's the important Because they went to school together. We did. We did. Yeah. And I'm honest, I didn't... Um, I, I kind of not... I didn't really date a lot in high school. I mean, there was this one girl that we kind of dated, like, but it was real super innocent and, you know, we barely even held hands and stuff like that, you know, and so... Of course, you were a band geek. Yeah, I was a band nerd. <laughs> and she was a band girl. She was a trombone player in my band. But um, we... Um, Tammy and I met through mutual friends. We were all... She had a group of friends, and they had, she had one friend in her group of friends that knew one of the friends in my group of friends, and we all decided to go, and we, we laugh about the fact that we, <laughs> where we, that we met in a bar, but that's where we met. We met in a bar, because my group of friends said, let's go to this, you know, we're going to go, and we're going to go hang out and dance, and then her, her group of friends met, and... Uh, I was wondering if you were going to say that you met at a bar because when I asked Tammy that question, yeah, she's like, "We met at a bar." Yeah, it was right out of the gate. <laughs> we met at a yeah. bar in college. We met at a bar. We totally did. Yeah, it was, and it was, it was a lot of fun. And that, you know, I think, I think what won her over. And I don't know if I was trying to win her over now. I really was just being nice, but. Um, because you know, she like I said, the girl, the girl that I dated in high school, it wasn't like true dating. We were just like, eh, we were like really good friends, and so um, we went to the bar and we were all with our two groups of friends, and then they were all kind of merging, and then um, it uh, it was going to happen again like two weeks later, and I had to work because I was working at a grocery store. I was a night stalker. I was putting you know shelving stuff. And she wanted to go, and so her, she had called some of my friends saying, is Stephen going to go? Is Stephen going to go? And uh, I, I said, I can't go, but here. And I gave my friend money so she could get in. 
So I like Aww, paid I paid for her to go so in because I was like she wants to go, so I want to make sure she can go. And I didn't realize she was asking if I was gonna go because you know what I mean. Yeah. And so anyway. So uh, what year in college were you? Oh gosh, that was probably ninety three. And you're a year or two older. I'm a year than older. A year older. Okay. One year older, and so we. Um, after that, I mean, that's that's when I, a lot of people will say that's when we kind of started hitting it off because she was like, oh, you paid for me to go and you couldn't even go. And I was like, wow. You know, I wanted so I wanted you to go, and you you know, and she was like, I wanted you to go, and that was the whole <laughs> that was the whole point. And I was like, oh yeah, okay, but um, yeah, we, um, pretty sure you're blushing right now. <laughs> probably, yeah. Uh, she's 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 pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. and she she's she went in, she was in education as well. Mm-hmm. She was. Yeah. She started off um, in uh, accounting. I think she was in accounting, and then she just she kind she was doing she was really good at that, and then she uh, I think she had one class that was kind of like challenging for her, and then she started talking to the professors, and they were like, oh, "It's going to get harder from here," and she was like, "Okay, I'm I'm out of that." So <laughs> she's like, "I'm going to go into education." So she ended up you know going into the education field, and uh, so did y'all ever have any classes together or anything? Yeah, no. no, and then you graduated first. Mm-hmm. And then back well, to Thomas's. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, well, actually, I, yeah. No, I think she graduated. She beat me. She graduated before you. I think so. Oh. I think she did. She beat me because I had. Well, in in, the edu- in music ed, you'll get like, um, <laughs> you'll take like, okay, I'm gonna take this class, and I'm. It's actually like a 15 hour class, but you get one hour. Oh yeah. You know, so I was like, okay, I'm going to take orchestra. How much do I, you, you got to practice 24 hours. Oh yeah. my, a day, you know, <laughs> yeah. and then how much credit do I get for that? You get one credit, you know, and so it ended up, you know, so anyway, she ended okay. up beating me out because she finished, you know, before me, but okay, yeah, but it was a, you know, yeah, it was cool. So then you, you graduate and what was your first job coming out of college? Um, my orchestra director uh, Carol Smith came in, uh, came into the band hall one day and said, Steve, um, I recommended your name. Well, I was just, I was kind of finishing up, but I was finishing my student teaching and I, we ran into each other and she said, I, re- I, rec- I recommended your name as, uh, for a job interview. And I said, okay, where is it? And so she said, she told me the name of the school and told me where it was, and I had no idea. And I, I still, to this day, I don't, I don't really know downtown Houston that well. And so she says, oh, it's at this school. It's down, you know where Fuquay is? And I was like, sure, Dr. Oh, yeah, sure, Dr. Smith, whatever you say. <laughs> and so um, I started driving for the interview, and I got to the um, like Greens Point area, and I remember stopping and going, hey, stopping at some store and asking this guy, do you know where Fuquay is? And he goes, that's on the other side of the loop. Yeah. And I was like, oh. And I remember driving there thinking, I'm not taking this job. There's no way. This is too far away because Tammy at this time was working at Anderson Elementary in Conroe. And so I'm thinking, there's no way I'm going to take this job. It's way too far away. And I got there and we just hit it off. And they loved me. And they were like, oh, you're going to be perfect. And uh, they ended up offering me the job right there. Like as soon as the interview was over, they were like, we want you to have the job. And I was like, okay, I need to call my wife. And so I call and she's like, 
where is it? And I go, it's off of Fuquay. Do you know where that is? She's like, Steve, that's down by where my mom lives. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, it's my first job. And she's like, well, if you really want to do it, go ahead. So there I am driving from 105 in you Conroe. You took it. You drove all the way that, there. That's, that's like it. Probably an hour oh, plus, yes, hour and a half. And that's yeah. your two different rush hours, because first the people going down to downtown, yeah. and then the people going, Yeah, wow. 73 miles one way. So how long did you, what school was that at? What school district? That was Beverly Hills Intermediate. Okay, and so you were, a middle, you were a middle school Pasadena. band director? <laughs> were you the band director? Or I was just, the assistant band director. Okay, mm -hmm. and then, so you got into that, and you yeah. loved it, and you said, oh, this is where I'm it was. Be. It was great, but... It was difficult because the, the head director there, his name is Keith Moore, the head director there at the time, he had been the assistant director for years and years and years. And he was following, um, oh, I can't believe I just forgot her last name, Sharon Prince. Sharon Prince was, had, had, she's kind of an iconic type band director. Okay. And she had retired from band directing and became the director of fine arts for the school district. For secondary education and so um, that was his first time being a head director and so he put a lot of like he just really put a lot of undue stress on himself and it was it was challenging because there'd be times where he was like yeah you're doing great Steve and then there'd be times where he's like and I didn't get a lot of feedback from him you know yeah, so and you're he, right you're right new at all I was of it new. so you're needing yeah, and that so I was like what do I what do I need to do and he's like um just you know watch this or do this you know and so I felt like oh and so anyway um the end of the year came, got, we got close to the end of the year and I thought uh, I need to get closer to home and um, so I ended up resigning and started just looking around for another job and so I ended, that's how I ended up finishing out my first year and ended up in Hempstead uh, after that which was just a it was kind of a, a kind of one of those faith moments because I went to the, the there's a convention at the uh, and on the spring and then there's another one at the end of the summer uh, called Texas just bandmasters so they have TMEA and then they have TM TBA and so I'm at the TBA festival or uh, a convention and I'm standing there on a the corner just got into town and I'm standing there on the corner and we, they have this barbecue and we all went to the barbecue and we finished the barbecue and we're about to go back to our hotel and then there's this guy going and we were talking and being loud because we we're at a convention and this guy goes you guys must be band directors. And we were like, yeah, yeah, we are. And he's like, any of you looking for a job? And he goes, and all my friends go, and they all aim at me. They all point to me. And so he's like, hey, we need to talk. So he pulls me aside and oh we start talking. Goodness. And the next thing I know, um, he's like, hey, you can come be our band director in Hempstead. You want to do that? And I was like, oh, yeah. He gives me some, you know, his name is Artis Edwards. He's retired now. He, band, he became a principal over in Brenham. But um, he uh, hired me. The next day, he introduced me to the head director, and then we, we, awesome. we shook hands, and he was like, you want to come be in Hempstead? And I was like, no, absolutely, you know, and so there I was So were you living in Conroe then, or just was Tammy just teaching in Conroe? No, we were living in Conroe, like literally right off 105 and 45. Okay, okay, so that's still a hike then to it Hempstead. Was another, it was still a hike. Yeah, it wasn't, it was a little bit closer. I think yeah. it was like 40-something miles. You didn't have to go through all that terrible traffic yeah. anyway, so it was yeah. far, it was far, but yeah, that's... Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you another thing. Driving down to Pasadena was was challenging, but even still, it was costing so much because I was taking the toll road. I was, yes. And so I was buying toll, t and I was doing coins back then because we, we didn't know about easy tag and so, <laughs> so we were just like, hey. So every Sunday, we would go to the grocery store and buy 
$60 worth of tokens or oh however many gosh. dollars worth of tokens yeah. or whatever. So. so how long were you in Hempstead teaching? There Bad for, birthday. I was there for two years because my second year they got a new superintendent and they had, um, they did not agree with the way things that the director that was there with how he was doing things, even though he was really successful. Mm -hmm. I mean, our first year there, um, we, and it was, we're a small little group in Hempstead. I mean, it was like maybe 50, 50 kids, I think something like that. And, um, we had a lot of really good successes and then the next year, the second year, I think they got, we went to marching contest and they got a first division. They hadn't had one in like 30 years and like first division is like your best you can get, yeah. you know, they hadn't had one like in 30 years. And so I thought, wow, this is a great place. And he's, he's great. I love him. He's super, like gives me feedback, tells me what I need to do. You know, he and I opened up this new band hall. They got, they built a new school, the high school. And they, he, he was like, what do you think about this? And how do you think about, you know, it was really collaborative. And, uh, and they kind of ran him off because they were like, well, this new superintendent comes in and he's like, oh, da, 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 da. And so I, um, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, should I stay? And so he wanted me to meet with him and he was kind of giving me the rundown of things he wanted done in the next couple of years. So it was, we want you to be as large as this school nearby that's the same division as us. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, okay, well, they're like the largest school in that division and we're the smallest. So they want us to have this X number of band students by this time. Right. I'm like, uh, okay, will I be able to get an assistant when this happens? And they're like, well. And so, you know, it just got to the point where he was like, well, this, these are what I want to have happen. And if you can't do that, you just let me know. And I was yeah. like, well, I don't know if I can do that. So I'm going to move on. <laughs> so, uh, so, that's, and so I was there for two, that second year, I, I moved on from there and it was a good thing to move because it was, even though it was a great place, um, Mr. That person, Mr. Arnold, made that place the way it was. Mm -hmm. You know, so it. You know, it's interesting as we sit here and we're talking to you and 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 how much you remember names of all these band directors and the people you've worked with, mm -hmm. but also the influence that they had on you. Mm -hmm. And then this leads me to when you were a high school band director, and I remember talking to you. We used to talk, and you'd be like, "No, nah, man, I'm." I'm busy, you know, it's the fall, you know, yeah, it's yeah, pretty fall. much seven days a week almost. Yeah, and, Bantober. And, uh, Bantober, yes. And, and, and you made a decision um, for yourself and for your family that you were going to go back to middle school mm -hmm. where you had more time with your family, uh, probably a little less stress, a little less heat. Yeah. And um, But when you made that announcement on Facebook, a lot of your former former students talked about the impact that you had on them. You read that? Yeah. Oh. I, I remember it had, I had to go back and read it recently, but I remember when that happened. Yeah, yeah. And because I remember Pam and I talking about it, yeah. you know, and Pam had been in marching band all through her mm -hmm. school and, and understood it. And then, so it kind of brings me to this where you talked about um, your band director in high school, uh, Mr. Eidelberg, mm -hmm. and how, how much of an impact without you saying it, just the way you talked about him, how much of an impact he had on you. Mm -hmm. Did that influence the way that you were a band director? Oh. And then what were, is there anything specific to that that you go, this is what I try to do as a director because I think it's best for the student or best yeah. for the, the, the individual? Yeah. Um, oh, man. Uh, Mr. Eidelberg, he, he really 
made everybody feel like truly like they were his child his child like you walked in the room and you wanted to get better not because I want to beat the kids sitting next to me you wanted to get better because you wanted the band to be better for him and so and you wanted to not let that person down so it was like it wasn't you weren't worried about um you weren't worried about oh well I'm last chair and oh this person's first chair because we took we literally took the approach well whoever our person that's sitting in the last chair it's our responsibility to make them sound as good as the first chair person because if we don't that's what people notice they notice that person that has the the problem the weak link and so we want to just we want to sound good and then and it all was funneled into like how much he cared for us and how much he and I've met band directors uh, throughout the years that when I look at them I think about Mr. Heidelberg like oh gosh uh, David Schoen comes to mind oh. he's uh, David Schoen is he is a Mr. Heidelberg because yeah. I mean anytime I would go over to the school that he was teaching I mean he was doing something to help benefit the kid he was never about like and most of the time it wasn't about music like it wasn't it, it was music was an afterthought you know like he's running to the bus to give kids their horns because the kid forgot their horn. Right. Well, they forgot their horn. Yeah. <laughs> like he was like, hey, you forgot your horn, you need to practice, you know, or he's yeah. going to go buy something with his own money that the school was like, oh, we don't, we're not gonna give you money for that. Oh, I'm gonna go buy a tent because the high school band, jazz band's coming over to play for us. That's, I remember that. I remember bringing the jazz band over to Parker to play and he went and like, as we got there, he's like, oh, it's too hot outside. I need to go buy a tent. I'm like, you're gonna go buy a tent? He's like, oh, $80, $90, no big deal. We're like. Okay, you know, but I mean, that's what the way Mr. Albert was as well. And so it was, I've met millions of people that are like that. And there's a lot of people in the, in the band community that's like that. Um, and so when I talk to my kids, that's I wanted them to just, you know, when people ask, when I'm in, when I've been in interviews and I haven't been in that many, but when they ask you, um, why, do, why are you a band director? I think about those people that have been in my life and, how they affected me, and I just want to be able to have those same experiences for them where this, you know, a kid's emotionally moved because they're playing this song right. or right. whatever, you know. I just want, I want them to share the same, the same things that I got to share. I feel like, I feel stingy for having those and other people can't. Well, that's the beauty of, of really being able to professionally do what you're passionate about. Yeah. Because I feel like many people, like Thomas, you were saying, hardly... A lot of people never know what they want to be when they grow up. Yeah. I was like you. I was one from when, like, middle school on, I knew I wanted to be a counselor. Yeah. I knew I wanted to help people. See? And to this day, it never feels like work because I love it so much. Right. And I feel like I could totally see you on these campuses where it, it's never really work because you're really doing what you love mm -hmm. and sharing that passion with so many. Absolutely. which. I know. Don't aren't you a big part of the Sam Houston summer? Don't you do? Tell us a little bit about your summer camp that that you go yeah. back and, and yeah. Ever um, I've been doing that now. I think I got my 18 year sir. 18. Uh, yeah, my 18th year. And I, I have, it, what's funny is that I do this with uh, Michael Keg. Yes. But before I was doing it with him, I was doing it with this other guy, Bobby Guess. And um, I, it, the time has gone by so fast. Mike's like. Are we at 15 now? Oh my gosh! You know, we, he's blown away that we're getting these certificates and we've been doing this for so long. And we made this agreement years and years ago because after about the eighth year or ninth year, he's like, "Steve, 
you're going to come back next year, right? And I was like, yeah, I'm coming back. He's like, okay, cause if you don't do this, I don't know if I want to do it. You know, so we kind of talk throughout the year. We're like, are you still doing it? Are you still doing it? Are you still doing it? Because this last year, he, um, his daughter was uh, abroad, and he was going. He said, I might be traveling, so I might not get to do it. I'm like, okay, let me know because I need to call Sam and tell him I can't. And he's like, I'm going to do it. I'll be there, Steve. I'll be there. I was like, okay, good, because I'll, you know. But it's um, it's a just, it's a it's a really great camp. They asked me to come back years and years ago, uh, and uh, really all I do is just teach trombone and trombone pedagogy with Mike. We kind of share the responsibilities. Actually, he does a lot more than I do. He's really good at it. Um, but we, uh, you know, we just teach the trombone section uh, all, of all three bands, and throughout the day. So we'll get some in the morning, some in the mid morning, and then some later by lunchtime, and then we do it again in the afternoon. It's a lot of fun. Now, so, wasn't this... These are high school kids that come to that band camp, right? These are junior high kids. Junior high kids. Yes, sir. Okay. These are junior high kids. I was going to say, didn't Andrew go for the first time? He went um, in sixth grade. He went for the first time and did and had a lot of fun. And then um, last year he went and just really enjoyed it. And he's made for a lot of friends there. And he gets contacts. And there are kids that are in the Klein area that go. And so... He's like, oh, I know this person now at Ulrich, or I know this person over at Bamel, or well, you know, not Bamel, but uh, you know, Crimmel or whatever. You know, yeah. he's he's making friends that way, so he he really enjoys it. Are you surprised that your son is um, following a little bit in the like? Do you does Andrew have the passion for music? Like, do you? See, I know he's only in eighth grade, so he's right. still kind of young, but do you see that? passion in him oh I do I do but you know what's funny is that you when you said that you were young when you were young you knew that you wanted to be a counselor mm -hmm. he's never said that but that's you can tell that's where he wants to be Really? that's what he wants to do because he loves to help people he feels like he feels helpless when he can't help that is so tender yeah he feels helpless when he can't help something but so, I mean I think if you I, I look at that maybe a little differently than you do because I think you help people yeah you yeah. do it. You do it through music, and you right. do it through your teaching. Right. And I think there's a lot of different ways you can support people, whether it's through counseling, whether it's through oh, yeah. music teaching, whether it's through, uh, you know, faith and and pastor right. and things right. of that nature. Oh, yeah. One thing that I wanted to touch on real quick was we reached out. You gave us a few names. We reached out to Cameron, mm. a good friend of your Cameron Wolf. Yeah. And he came back, and a couple of the things he said is one, your nickname is Tower. Yeah, Tower. I wanted to know about that, where that <laughs> um, came from. Because when I got to college, um, I was driving a Ford Tempo, and uh, my mom got it for me, and um, it. I had to move the seat all the way back. <laughs> Yeah. to be able to drive it and these this group of friends when i first got to school they loved watching the police academy movies and so they were like oh you look like hightower from the movie ah. <laughs> and that's that's where that stuck I've so always, that's been ever since college ever, ever since college yeah oh yeah because on facebook i always see everyone going tower tower, tower happy tower. birthday tower yeah. Yeah. yeah so when i got to college it just it just it, i mean that that name just stuck and then it's been it kind of went through drum corps i got there because when i went to drum corps um the reason i got the reason that happened was the um the guy that influenced me to go to skyriders i just went on a whim because he was driving up to, it was in Hutchinson, Kansas. And he was driving and he, he's like, I can't make the drive alone. Can you go with me? And so I get there and I'm not even auditioning. I'm just sitting there watching them around, you know, audition, you know, do their stuff. And he's already made the group. And this guy walks over. He's like, what are you, why are you here? And I was like, oh, I'm just, I rode up with a friend. He's like, well, are you interested in doing this? And I was like, yeah. 
uh, I don't have an instrument. I just came. I just literally just came here with clothes and whatever. He's like, well, here is a horn. So he gives me a horn. He goes, he I go in this room and he teaches me the fingerings and teaches me how to play it really quick. He's like, okay, now come out and join the group. And so I'm out with the group and I'm trying to make my way through the songs. And uh, he said, you want to come back next month? And I was like, okay. And so I came back next month. And then after the second month, he said, okay, now we're going to send you home with a horn because you're in the group now. And I was like, okay. So. And then the same thing kind of happened in Sky in a Phantom Regiment. There was a guy that was on the staff, and he's like, "Hey, Steve, I know you want to try out for the Blue Devils, but we have a spot in Phantom Regiment. You want to ride up with me?" And I was like, "Okay." So I rode My up goodness. with him, and, and that's how that happened. So it's it's fun. That is awesome. So Cameron is one of your former students, right? Mm, and then one of the things he said is that you make everything fun. Mm. You would get silly at times when something needed to be silly. You, yeah. you would. And he, he, the way he wrote it, I, I, I was, I was like, I was talking to him because he had a very good way of, of explaining it out. But basically, he said that when you guys needed to have a good time, you had a good time. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of respect. But mm-hmm. there was, a, there was a silliness, and then there was a, there was a closeness yeah. for the fact that he could call you Tower, and he yeah. was the one that told us about the mm-hmm. nickname Tower. Yeah. Um, and he had just really nice things to say. We'll send you some of that. But um, the thing that I walked away from that after reading that was that your genuine joy of working with these kids mm-hmm. comes through every day when you're there. And yeah. that they feel it yeah. and they want to be a part of that. And you've created a – you kind of said it when in high school, you kind of have this family, this yeah. close – you you have a talent of doing that. Yeah. Um yeah, I uh, I tell my I used to tell those kids too, but I, I don't say it so much anymore. But I, I tell them that if I didn't have to do all the stuff that teachers actually have to do, like oh well, we got to go to this meeting, or you got to turn in lesson plans, or you know all the other stuff, I'd have actually the best job on the planet. Yes. Like it is the best job. It's getting to just sit there and rehearse the band and enjoying our time together. It is the best job ever. Um, but yeah. Um, when Cameron was there at Nimitz, it was a, it was a good, it was a really, really good group. It reminded me a lot of when I was in school, and um, that we uh, we truly enjoyed our time together, and we had a lot of fun. And we really try and do that same thing now at the junior high level with our kids, because, I mean, our the vertical, our kids still kind of go. Some of them go to Nimitz, and some of them go to a new school that opened up in Aldine. But um, we we try really hard to have them understand the that whole family community thing and how is it, how important it is to be you know sometimes we ask about we spend time just checking on each other how are you doing at home how's your family and how are you know how are things with you are your grades okay so that's one of the favorite things i have enjoyed as a band mom mm-hmm. is that um i feel like there's a place for everybody in band mm-hmm. and if you're not athletic or even if you are athletic mm-hmm. or if you're not smart or if you are smart right. but from the minute you know my daughter started band because she did orchestra in fifth mm-hmm. grade and then in sixth grade they're like well try band she's like i love this <laughs> and then was an honor band yeah. and then was in high school band and right. the marching season like you said bandtober practically kills yeah. them yeah, oh, yes. but they wouldn't trade it for the world right. and then she was band president See? and all of it i just the family that's formed and these are huge bands i mean oh, they, you yeah. know there's large groups right. but i think um what's really neat is how many now that you've been doing it so long 
you know a lot of the esteemed um, people in the community. You are an esteemed person in right. the band community. And then to see some of your students yeah. now entering in the yeah. workforce and yeah, full circle. Yeah. Kind of stuff. Yeah, it's really it is. It's 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 humbling to to know. And and, and on top of that, Cameron is really good. I mean, like he's really good. He's super smart. Um, knows exactly what to say to make you know his to make his kids understand what they need to understand, and they have the same kind of uh, feeling, you know, where they. And we had several kids that are like that. I had you know some trombone players. One that's in on in, over in uh, Mississippi, and there was one that's in China. And, Gosh. Um, you know, and we have one that I work with now, and she's she graduated, and went off to Conroe, and now she's back, and she's, yes. you know, so um, it is uh, it is an honor. I mean, I just ran into a couple of them when I was at Eisenhower before I came to Nimitz. Uh, we were at Renfest, and I ran into them oh, the other yes. day, and they wanted to get a picture, and they are posting and saying, oh, blah blah blah, and I saw Mr. Jones, and <laughs> and then there are kids that are like, oh, the Kading, because that was uh, Ke- Kelly Kading and myself and Chris yes. Render. They're like, oh, those were the best years at Eisenhower because That's we awesome. we just enjoyed each other's time. We 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 truly love the kids. We love the work that they put in, and. Um, it was. I wouldn't trade it. Yeah, that's a gift. That's. I mean, at a time when stress is higher than ever for these high school and middle school kids, mm-hmm. to have a place like that with a leader or a teacher mm-hmm. who pours his heart in. Yeah. So let me ask you real quick, um, because you were obviously. I mean, you're really one of the most positive people I know, and I'm pretty positive. So <laughs> together, we're a lot of fun. <laughs> but I do know that you had a cancer scare a few years back. You want to yeah. tell us briefly about that? Um, we were we were on our band trip, believe it or not, and we were at Disney World, and I was. This was in 2000. 2001 and I was the assistant band director there at Nimitz High School we were on our band trip and uh, my kids we were sitting there on the pavement watching the parade and kids noticed it they said they they I, they st- I stood up and they were like oh mr. Jones you sat in an ice cream cone or you sat in a something they thought that I had sat in it like something and it was my leg was bleeding and I didn't know why so anyway we got cleaned up and we just you know took care of it and then we yeah. got back home and I went to go see uh, the doctors and they said yeah you have uh, uh, malignant fibrous histiocytoma that's what they called <laughs> it and so I thought okay what is that so he goes I want you to go look at them check like read about it and then like, check the mortality rate and I was what? like okay so I go home and I look at it and it's so funny because now if if I were to be diagnosed with cancer now I would be terrified because and it's so weird how having a, a, a child makes you change the yes. perspective of that yes. but back then I thought okay here we go what do we do you yeah. know mm-hmm. it was like I went headlong into like we're gonna do this whatever yes. and so Tammy she hears me talk, say that we're gonna you know here we are I have, I have cancer now and uh, so we started having the, I didn't I never had to do chemo but I did a radiation for about a semester Ooh. so I would go to school in the morning and then go take radiation yeah. in the in the during in like in the morning time and then I'd come go back to school and uh, so wait was the mortality rate really bad for this cancer why would your doctor tell you that? I have no idea why he said it because at first he said oh that's not you know before uh, at first he said oh you know 
yeah, it's no big deal. He yeah. said, "My mom, it's called proud flesh. My mom used to tell me about proud flesh. And, and I was <laughs> yeah. like, proud flesh? I'm like, I don't understand. Anyway, he goes, yeah. okay, so we're going to do a biopsy. So they took, they did the biopsy, and then he called me back. And that's when he said, okay, now we need to seriously talk because okay. here's the da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. He said, so you need to, here's the name of it. Yeah. And check out the mortality rate because I didn't know if, when you, when you look it up, I don't know if he, if it meant, and I just remember seeing the number 85, and I thought, does that mean 85% is good? <laughs> yeah. Or is that 80%, 85% don't make it? Or oh, what? Gosh. I was like, I don't know what this means. But he goes, well, we're going to treat, we're going to go in, we're going to do a surgery, and we're going to take it out. Yeah. And I said, okay, um, how, it, where else is it in my body? He goes, the good news is it's, it's just in the right leg. Wow. Uh, he says, it's about the size of a medium sized kiwi. Okay. And we're going to go in and we're going to cut it, cut it out. And he said, we're probably going to take out more than we need yeah. just because we don't want to, you know, we want to get all the parameters and, right. and then we're going to give you some radiation. And they did that. And, um, I just remember, um, they sutured it up. So I had like three or four staples and then those staples started to dehiss because I was moving around. Yes. And so they had to go take those out. And I had to wear this mini vac machine where it was like a sponge that yes. was like regenerating uh, good flesh. And it was kind of getting rid of all the any kind of you know right. bad flesh. And so I had to I had to shower with that. I had to go to school with that. I remember walking up to this you know to my podium and having to put the machine there yes. and having to conduct with this. And machine. you were in high school. I'm still uh, teaching at high school. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to marching band rehearsal. And to this day, uh, Jeff Tiener, the guy I work with, I remember one particular day I had to change clothes and my dressing came undone. Yeah. And he goes, and I said, Jeff, I hate to ask you this, but I need I need you to help me put, put this back in. <laughs> and so he's like, so do I have to see you naked? And I'm like, not naked, a but, bit, a but a little bit. <laughs> you know. And so I just remember him going, he said, he, he to this day he tells people, he's like, I looked at Steven's leg and I it was the most graphic thing I've ever seen in my life because there was this hole. Oh. Like somebody took an ice cream scoop and went out of your oh, leg. Oh, <laughs> and he said it was just nuts. So I was sitting there looking inside your leg and he said it smelled horrible. I was like, well, yeah, it's the dead flesh. Golly. So, but uh, he's a, he's a great friend. Yeah. And, uh, but, um, we came through that and haven't had any, uh, any, any reoccurrences of it. I go see urologist and uh, oncologist uh, right. every six months now yeah just to keep oh that's a, check. a blessing eight that's 18 years ago then yeah now. okay yeah. that's good news. and we were really trying to have a child back then oh. and so <laughs> that was fun <laughs> because <laughs> trying to do trying to have a child <laughs> yeah. with this machine connected you know and it would whistle because of my legs <laughs> 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 it was it was yeah. Oh, good times. Good yeah, times. good times. Oh, good times. Gosh, I'm so true. glad. I'm so glad that it worked out. We were able to have our job. Oh, gosh. What a blessing he is. Yeah. Well, Mike, you're a big music guy. Any questions you have for Stephen? Well, I was going to ask you. Uh, oh, yeah. Do you, <laughs> do you know Ralph Ramirez? He's a tuba player. Yeah. Yeah, he plays. We both play in the uh, He's Woodlands. The right, Woodlands Symphony. Right. Yeah. Well, he, he graduated from Sam. Oh really? Yeah, I didn't know that. And I've got a I've, I've got a recording of him playing a a, a tuba solo uh -huh. with the band back when he was uh, in the band. And uh, you know Jack Ferris, right? Oh my gosh! Yes. Well, they were buddies. Really? And Jack had the LP, and they got a hold of me, and so I made the I made I you converted music, it. Yeah, converted for CDs, and I'm, that's when I met Ralph Ramirez. How funny! And, uh, he's quite a character. He is. He's, he's a hoot. Um, <laughs> What's what's really funny is that like in our neighborhood, uh -huh. there are a lot of people 
it's it's really funny how 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 we're all connected and we just don't know it. Because mm-hmm. like my next door neighbor, she asked me one time, so what do you do? Like we first moved in and what do you do? And I was like, oh, I'm a band director. And she goes, oh, what school do you what what school are you at? And I said, oh, uh, Lewis Middle School. And she goes, Lewis Middle School. And she said, what school district? And I said, oh, it's in Aldi. And she goes. I graduated from Aldine ISD. And I was like, really? And she goes, yeah. And she goes, what's the Lewis, like, is it Lewis, like, L-O-U, or is it L-E-W? Oh, it's Lewis, L-E-W. And it's Vernon Vernon and Kathy Lewis. And she's like, Vernon Lewis was my first grade principal. He was my principal when I was in first grade. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She goes, I'm, like, really good friends with him now. He was, you know, and I was like, yeah. And then there was a family that moved across the street. And they were having the same, Tammy and the wife were having the same conversation. And she goes, your, band, your husband's a band director? And she's like, I was in the Aldine band under uh, Jeff Laird. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, Jeff Laird. And so it's just really neat right. how people, know, like we all know each other. Because I went to that rehearsal, the very first rehearsal I ever went to. And Ralph was sitting there. And I'm, I'm, I play trombone, but they needed tuba players because they have like 18 trombone players. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, we only have five tubas. You want to do tuba? I was like, okay. I'm sitting there with Ralph. And uh, and Ralph starts telling me how he was a principal. And mm-hmm. he said, hey, where, where do you teach? And I was like, oh, I'm at Lewis Middle School in Aldine. Not Vernon Lewis Middle. And I was like, yeah. He goes, oh, me and me and Vern, because you know, they, apparently they were together. Mm-hmm. Like he and they, I guess they were both assistant principal and principal for a time in Aldi. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, that old kook, you know, <laughs> that guy, you work, you work at his school? And I'm like, yeah. And so, and I, I know so many people that know Ralph. It right. is really, right. really right. unique how everybody's like, oh, yeah, I know Ralph, I Ralph, Ralph. Yeah, it's great. It's crazy how we're connected. It is. Well, um, I know we're getting ready to wrap up, but okay. I will say I already have on my calendar Tuba Christmas at the Woodlands. Oh, yeah. So I know you do that every year, and mm-hmm. I don't know if our podcast will have already, um, we probably will not have uh, released this yet, but tell us a little bit about Tuba Christmas. Oh, um, well, we um, we get together on, you know, I can't remember if it's a specific date or if it's a specific weekend, but we all get together as, and it's just any, it's open to anyone that wants to do this. And so it's all euphonium players and tuba players throughout the city of Houston, wherever. And um, we'll get together and rehearse. There's a church there in the woodlands that we all rehearse at. And then um, we will break and we will all go meet. And sometimes we've, um, we, we used to meet at the water tower uh, downtown in Houston and then there was one, one time we met, were supposed to meet over in the Woodlands area but it rained so we, oh. we moved to a, like a parking garage or, oh. and then now we meet at the Woodlands at Market Square and they have a big Christmas tree yes. there and it's really nice and they have a little area roped off for us to sit and play and yes. uh, Dr. Howie and uh, um, Bob McDaniel Oh, I think I'm saying his name wrong, but or maybe just Bob Daniels. But anyway, the, uh, he's a tuba player. They will um, they will kind of c- conduct us and rehearse us and everything, and then they'll come up and and sometimes we've even gotten. There's a young lady that comes in from one of the military bands, a, uf- a euphonium player. She comes in and she'll conduct and play sometimes. And it's just a lot of fun. And um, you know, there's different levels. There's kids that are beginners all the way to people that are you know semi-professional musicians and we all get together and just play Christmas carols and wear our, we wear different gear and we hear all the stories of the songs. Um, he talks, you know, they all tell yes. us this is why this song was written and this is, you know, so Dr. Har- Dr. Howie and uh, Bob, they really um, want us to understand the importance of why we're doing it and 
you know, um, Roger Bobo and all these famous tuba players and the things that they used to do. And so we try and be as uh, true to the integrity of how they would want it. Yes, and it's wonderful. I went with my daughter and um, my friends a couple years ago, and we already put it on our calendar for this year. I want to say it's December um, 21st. Is it? It is. It's okay. December, Saturday, December 21st. <laughs> cool. And um, I think uh, Andrew played with you last he year, did. right? He did. He That's went. Really he, had, he had a lot of fun with it. He was he was really nervous because he was like, there are these people, these are really good. Like, right. These songs are hard. <laughs> and he's like, and the books that we get, it's like um, the, the music staff is kind of like doubled up. So it's like, it's not just like one line of music. Yes. He's having to like learn his second line or whatever. And he's just like. He needs to play like your brother did and just take Yeah, just take the mouthpiece out and hide it. And just finger along. Yeah, I sound oh, good, don't I? <laughs> You're real good. He's like, man. Oh my gosh. Well, Stephen, this has been so much fun. I just love your passion for music. Oh, and I love thank you. even more more so your passion for people and by combining them in your career i mean you've been out there a long time doing doing what you love and making a big impact on a lot of people and uh generation after generation Mm. it's a blessing so thank you so much for joining us today i've been wanting to hear more to your story and i felt like today we got to hear some neat things um we we uh look forward to um hearing you play some more we love hearing you when you're at church and i know a couple weeks ago you and andrew and some others were playing some brass and it was beautiful oh thank you thank you that was fun yeah well thanks so much it was great having you thanks thanks for having me it it was was an honor oh good thanks for listening to more to my story podcast If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review us on your podcast service, and please also share us with your friends and family. You can find more about More to My Story podcast on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages.